0: Costello, The first man on the list, Ralph Costello. Chief Brown outlined the overall plan. Greg, your federal men have been tracking Costello off and on for three years now. Beck's over your state agents. Same for our men. This time we can't afford to miss. You figure an undercover man working locally. that right, Chief? Yeah, Greg. You start right from the bottom, work up the line till he gets to Costello, if he gets there. Beck, where are you going to start? Uh, Captain White, would you lay it out for Beck and Greg? Yeah, Friday here is going to handle the
1: job. He's got his full instructions. Joe, you want to follow me? in? Right. Hello. Hello. Hi. I'm wearing airport headphones. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think they're uh, Virgin America
2: headphones. Uh. They're nice and trendy. Hot pink.
1: I don't like them. Let's try these.
2: <laughs> Let's try the hot blue. If that's uh, such a thing as hot blue. Um. Oh,
1: one of the he- the head piece earpiece doesn't work. Yeah. Does this one work? No, can't hear shit. <laughs> as long as you can hear it. Yeah, good. we're <laughs> on the air. We're hot. We're hot. We're hot. <laughs> so this week we don't have any physical and studio guests, but we I did do an interview a couple weeks ago with In the Valley Below, and they're going to be playing here in San Francisco on August 2nd, so I'll be playing that later in the show. And um, a lot of good uh, tracks for you today, as usual, and uh, last night we went to see... Orchestral O-M-D. maneuvers in the dock, mm-hmm. and I realized what that opening song was. It's part of their song um, "Dazzle Ships," mm-hmm. but I hadn't heard it in so long. But I knew it was like it's got to be like something yeah. of theirs, one of their songs. It's called "Dazzle Ships." Because
2: everybody started freaking out,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Are we in a submarine? <laughs> yeah, are we submerging right now? <laughs> yeah,
2: no, it was it was such a good show. I, I um miss." Like the middle or no, the last, the end of it because I needed to sit down, and I didn't put together that Regency might have taken their seats off. And can we talk about security at the Regency? Because no joke, it was like being at the airport. They had metal detectors. They had a little um, Tupperware type dish where you have to put all your like your cell phone and your wallet and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it was really interesting to see that because I don't think we've both been there in
1: a while. Yeah. I mean, there was an incident in Manchester, which made a pretty big uh, impact. And then before that was Paris at the Bataclan. Yeah. <clears throat> I think just...
2: But I think seeing it to the point where you're like... When you, when you see like something like that to go into this this venue you realize i guess we are in danger because you don't really think about that and i never really wanted to think about that yeah um just because it's kind of a downer right <laughs> um but yeah so security was kind of tight um i went outside for a little bit to get some fresh air because i do remember the regency gets very hot just like no air circulation at all mm-hmm. and i remember that from seeing see no fielding but when we saw Neil Fielding, that was during a really hot day. That even he was like, is this normal? And we were like, no, this is not normal mm. um, weather for San Francisco. But yesterday wasn't that hot. I don't know. It's just kind of a weird experience going to the Regency after a few years of not going for, you know. We used to go a lot.
1: We used to go there pretty often. I think the shows that they have just aren't as great as they used to be. Yeah. You know, or they're There's going a lot. to... Other venues.
2: There's a lot more like metal or rap shows, like but like underground metal and underground rap almost. Nothing Um, I
1: would pay money for.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, definitely. So it's it's been kind of a you know a weird time for the regency and but it was good. It was good that I I think they picked the right um, venue because it's quite intimate and it's still hot. You know, it still fill up. You know, there's a lot of people there. Um, and the, they even opened the balcony, which I don't see very often and um, yeah, I mean it was, their sound was really good they sounded just like they would in the record, they harmonized perfectly mm-hmm.
1: um, Andy does his idiosyncratic his, moves, yeah, he his says. dances
2: <laughs> and, and
1: looked at me and was like, what the hell
2: <laughs> yeah, it was amazing, I I, um, I really enjoyed it and I'm glad they're still around and they're still doing their thing and even their new songs which yes. you know we were guinea pigs for their new songs I think they we're was, really catchy
1: yeah he I felt like he was really like instead of you know you think of musicians who are alcoholics or drug addicts and you know they might be both of those things we don't know yeah but I felt like he was really genuinely like happy to put the song out there for the yeah. very first time and that was his reaction to That's how he responded to it.
2: Yeah. And he wasn't like, you know, like, uh, what do you call it? He wasn't like, he was basically telling us like, I'm sorry, I'm going to play new songs, but you're guinea pigs. And I'm just going to see like, if you like them and you don't know how much that means to me for you guys to react that way. And I was like, oh, he's so cute. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, it was such a, it's a good, uh, it was such a good show and a good experience and I'm so glad we got to see them.
1: Yeah, it was kind of in a weird as you know I was in a weird state of mind yesterday and I yeah. think in the beginning I was like god like I hope like my day isn't, you know, my evening isn't going to be the same. Like, hopefully, you know, the music will take me to a better place. Yeah. And there's something about OMD that always takes me to a better place. Yeah. I almost feel like I'm in a fairy tale when I'm listening. you floating. Their music. And it's <laughs> yeah. good It's like I'm meditating, or I'm just. It's therapeutic. It's therapeutic. I'm in a different state of mind. A. a positive state of mind. So thanks for that, Andy. Thanks for that, guys. (laughs) (laughs) They're in LA today. I think they're playing at the Microsoft Theater. They're doing like an 80s-themed retro festival, which I actually, I had totally forgotten that I had put it on my calendar as like a tentative, like maybe I should go to that. But the fact that they played... They're probably the only band that I would really care the most to see out of some of the other bands from that same that same era, pretty much. I mean Depeche Mode would probably be the other one. Um and they toured together um uh, around the time that Enjoy the Silence came out. <sighs> Such a good and they did that huge huge show at at the Rose Bowl where they were like, There's no way, like, we're not gonna be able to fill it up and then it was like
2: insane and they're playing in Tijuana they're playing in uh, Jai Alai if you are in Mexico if you're a listener from like really SoCal like San Diego Mexico area um yeah that's an easy show to go to it's just right across the border not even like not even like five blocks across the border and uh, I never been but my mom said it's a really beautiful building it's a historical building so um yeah, that's kind of interesting. When I saw the sign out when we went to uh, see downtown TJ, I was kind of taken aback. I was like, OMD? And I even like looked at the little, because you know how they write OMD, and then you're like, yeah. it can be orchestra renewals in the dark. And then I was like, oh, it is them. Wow. And then, yeah, I was like, I
1: wonder if you know they're going to do
2: a full tour, but this is just a three city tour, right?
1: yeah that was my impression um, unfortunately I did an interview with him but due to technical difficulties I can give you a total rundown or snippets throughout um, today and let you know what we talked about uh, but Andy's really always you know fun to, to talk to and um, you know it's him right away because he's very enthusiastic and very you know, energetic, petty, energetic. but um, yeah I forgot what I was going to say Oh, they're coming back. They're doing a full tour in March. And they're going to do a full North American tour. So they're still at it. Mm -hmm. I think this is just a
2: teaser for their new um, album, which is... um, I think it's going to be really good. And I'm actually going to listen to that. Um, I'm not one for new music when it comes to some of my favorite bands, but especially some of my favorite older bands. Um, But their stuff sounded really good. And I think... Um, I think they're going to be pretty big coming up in this spring tour
1: Mm -hmm. and the new album is called Punishment of Luxury and it's going to be released on September 1st on their own label which is called White Noise Records apparently there was something else similar called that but apparently that's their own label and one of the songs is already available online so you'll be hearing that probably later today in the playlist that I got for you guys.
2: Oh my god. And we were both right about that Depeche Mode song.
1: It's it's not um, Enjoy the Silence.
2: But it's not Enjoy the precious. Silence, which I knew it wasn't. But that's I That's
1: why I was like, I think it's the Because I
2: typed the lyrics and that's what came up. But I was like, wait, they say the same lyric in both those songs? <laughs> um, no, it's Precious. God and I it like is movie. an older song, but it's not that old. It's only 2005 old.
1: Yeah, so it's from that tour. That was from the, the same tour that i saw them touring touring the angel and i do remember that song it's probably not one of my more favorite, favorite songs yeah. by then.
2: for Just, some reason it gets a lot of uh, air like radio play yeah
1: very that's true. how i
2: know that song and they also played at whenever well i think it's probably our favorite uh and only club that we would ever go to, the Cat Club. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, The only one that matters. matters. Uh, Yeah, they play that song a lot there, and that's where I kind of, like, started listening to it. And I couldn't remember the name of it, and I was like, I know it's not a new song, but it kind of is. It's not one of their 80s song, Mm -hmm. but it sounds a lot like, you know, something they would put out in, you know, 1984, or um, or at least 89. So, yeah, it was... um, I, it was eye-opening because I did not expect it to be su- such a new, like, a, a young song. Yeah. But so, it is more than 10 years old, so I guess, hmm, maybe it's not.
1: <laughs> right. So maybe... Um, we were both right. <laughs> OMD was like, gotta remember the good old days. And then um, they also were really inspired by Kraftwerk. And I think the song that they were playing was Neon Lights. Because mm-hmm. I was listening to it earlier and I was like, I think that's the song. <laughs> and um i think they were also influenced by uh, glam rock because they were playing david bowie roxy music and that was pretty that was right before punk rock happened that and right arcade before, fire yes <laughs> and apparently andy is a big fan of arcade fire so he had to so was david mm-hmm. so something to be said super awesome well i have a new story from uh, the enemy.com this new musical express the most recent issue and the story is called save our scenes selfridge's ultra lounge the world's first in-store music venue looks to put gigging back on the map okay here's the bad news the music venue trust charity is estimates that 40% of grassroots venues, small, intimate, live music spaces in which emerging artists can cut their teeth have disappeared in the past 10 years. This dizzying decline has been attributed to a perfect storm of increased rent prices and restrictive licensing laws. The good news, the Music Matters at Selfridge's campaign hopes to help with three months of in-store events in London, Birmingham, and Manchester. Plus a host of other musical events Such as DJ sets And a pop-up record store That sounds fun mm. In London, artists including the indie band Ten Fe, South London rapper 67 and R&B star Mabel will perform in the Ultra Lounge A multi performance space Oh, that sounds familiar, and the world's first department store music venue, with twenty percent of profits donated to the Music Venue Trust. Some of the artists involved told Enemy why music matters, and you can get tickets at Selfridges dot com slash music matters. And I remember, you know, bands that I listened to like Buzzcocks and the Slits have also played shows there, um, you know, back in the day, and. So that's cool that maybe, you know, from some of those shows that they were doing, you know, over 10 years ago now, maybe something about that resonated with some of the owners or the people that run Selfridges. So that's pretty cool. Hopefully, maybe there's, you know, some of that here as well. or There there should be some some interest in that because there's a lot of money here. Let's be honest. Yeah. So, um then they interviewed. Oh, they interviewed those those three artists about um, how they feel about the partnership with Selfridges. Leo Duncan who's a 10 singer-songwriter. Forty percent of grassroots venues have gone in the past ten years. Could that be a problem for bands in the future? It's already changed the live music scene as fewer bands can go about these early stages by developing in a live arena. Nowadays, you attract attention by setting things up online rather than getting out and learning whether a song works live. Could that mean buzzy bands are quickly thrust into playing big shows that they're not necessarily prepared for? Yeah, it puts artists in a place where they're trying to deliver the final product from the word go. Everyone grows when they play a lot live. It's a big thing to be losing that way of developing. What's been a standout show for Ten Fei? Bonnaroo Festival in Tennessee. It was dangerous, man. We were like five forest gumps running towards 3,000 Americans. (laughs) but we could never have done that show unless we'd done 40 smaller shows during our West Coast tour in the three months before it. Favorite grassroots venue? Oslo Hackney. We used to, ju- we used to live just around the corner and walk up there twice a week to busk. We used to say, we're fucking definitely going to play there one day. When we finally did, it was a very deep thing. Uh, Dimsy is in MC and Rap Crew 67. Have you faced challenges when attempting to book shows? They say the urban events are going to cause violence or destruction of the venues, so they lock it off. People can't really progress because of how many restrictions and boundaries there are against urban music. What's been your best experience at a small venue? That was in Bedford in 2015. We didn't go there in the best of cars. It was an old Hyundai. And we had to park around the corner so that no girls would see it. (laughs) At that time, Skangman had just come out, so people were buzzing for that. That stage was one of the tightest stages I've ever been on. It was crazy. Are you concerned about the decline of grassroots live spaces? Yeah, it doesn't let anyone have their little startup in their career. Everyone needs to help each other to improve the situation, to be honest. They need to make these small venues that will allow all these other artists to climb up and reach the big venues. Favorite grassroots venue, Blueprint in Leicester. Bugsy Malone was there Giggs was there The energy was crazy and it was amazing Seeing people from another city Saying our our lyrics religiously And then Mabel McVeigh Is an R&B singer What did you decide to get involved In the Music Matters campaign? I got a taste of being a performer In small venues And I think it's really important To have these opportunities It really helped my confidence Standing in a room of 50 people Who aren't even there to listen to you That's terrifying where did you find that? <laughs> Over here. Thank you, God. <laughs>
2: Thank you, Pam. <laughs> Whoever brought the fan, we salute you.
1: I was just thinking, thinking about it the other day, and then when you did that, I was like, how the hell did you know?
2: <laughs> it's a USB fan.
1: Yes. What is it about grassroots live spaces that makes them so vital to emerging talent? If you're young, you don't have a manager, and you don't know where to start. Those small spaces are important for a sense of community and finding like-minded people. I met a lot of people that way and ended up writing music with them. The current situation is a tragedy. What's been a really memorable live experience in a small venue? Notting Hill Arts Club was incredible. It was super intimate. At the time, I thought, is it a bit embarrassing that I'm playing in such a small place? But actually, it was really important in my career. Favorite grassroots venue, Moth Club in East London. It's one of those places with a great atmosphere. It's got these funny glittery curtains. There's a bit of a liberace vibe. It feels like a Las Vegas show. (laughs) That's cool. Who was that again? Um, oh the last one? Mabel McVeigh. She's an R and B singer. Dimsy is an MC rapper and Leo Duncan is a singer-songwriter so they interviewed these three artists who I believe are going to be playing shows at Selfridges uh, this Music Matters campaign Selfridges is a department store in in London and I know from past stories that I've read that they've had shows there in the past but now they're making a big deal about it as a way to showcase these up-and-coming artists from nice. different genres. So I'm like, if they can do it there, how the fuck can we not do it here? How come,
3: yeah. you know,
1: Macy's or some or Bloomingdale's? I know they have a rooftop. <laughs> come on, guys. Yeah. If you're listening, you still got a couple of weeks left of, of summer, even the fall, to do something cool like this. Yeah. Do it. We'll go. <laughs> Let us go for free. Um, yeah.
2: Look <laughs> it up, please. I have uh, Lady Gaga in the news. Woohoo! At a pitchfork.com. Dr. Luke subpoenas Lady Gaga and Kesha defamation case. Uh. Quoting Gaga has relevant information regarding false statements about Dr. Luke made to her by Kesha, mm-hmm. according to the producer's lawyers. As the long legal battle between Lucas, uh, Doctor Luke, and Godwald and Kesha continues, the producer has subpoenaed Lady Gaga as part of his defamation case against Kesha, TMC reports. According to TMC, Godwald wants Gaga to discuss her, the text messages she allegedly sent to Kesha, which he believes further ruined their, his reputation in the media. In January, Godwald roped. Gaga into the legal battle when he alleged a text between the women falsely and basely asserted that Kesha and another female recording artist had both been raped by Godwalt, and that Kesha pushed for Gaga's involvement in a smear campaign against Godwalt. Gaga reportedly offered to submit a written statement, but Godwalt's lawyer have apparently requested an in-person deposition. In the statement, Gotwell's lawyer confirmed that the subpoena, as Variety reports, Dr. Luke uh, counsel served a subpoena on Lady Gaga because she was she has relevant information regarding, among other things, false statements about Dr. Luke made by her by Kesha, or made to her by Kesha. The motion has become necessary because Dr. Luke's counsel has not been. Able to obtain, despite repeated requests, a deposition date from Lady Gaga. Pitchfork has reached out to representatives from Lady Gaga, Kesha, and Dr. Luke for further comment. Kesha has already been denied a preliminary injunction, and most of her counterclaims claims against Gotwall have been dismissed. In April, Sony's legal team stated that Gotwall has no longer was no longer the CEO of Chemos. Kemosabi records and does not have authority to act on its behalf, ending their relationship with the producer. And June Gotwell dropped his defamation lawsuit against Kesha's mother, P. B. Subbert. So that's a mess. <laughs>
1: that's that's weird. I remember when that that first came out. It's almost like yeah. We have a history though of doing stuff like that. Well,
2: we per- just Kesha. Well, Producers in general have a history with mistreating their artists or their customers, basically, and um, kind of abusing them, um, either verbally or just working them till they pass out, basically. And I don't, I don't remember who it was, but there is another artist who. Um, has accused him of, uh, inappropriate behavior. Um, I don't know. She also accused him of rape, but basically, uh, sexual harassment. Um, so yeah, I, 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 don't know much about the other person. I don't think they're as famous as Kesha is, but, um, no, you're right. Actually, there's been people who've come out and said, he's a scumbag. But no, nobody has said that they were raped. Like I said, mm-hmm. it's always it's like her and some other girl are saying that they were, you know, her. She said as if she was raped, and I think the other girl said she was sexually harassed. But I remember Amber Kaufman was one of the people who came out. And she's from the Dirty Projectors. Who, um, well, actually, she's not on the Dirty Projectors anymore. She's doing her solo thing. Mm-hmm. But um, she was one of the people who came out and said, you know, how he would he would like manipulate girls into going back and just doing stuff you know under the down you know, under, you know in the down low and basically threatened to end their careers if they don't
1: yeah that's terrible
2: but that's that's producers in general are, are probably very famous for doing that to their artist so ever since the beginning of producer like producing I guess yeah. you know I'm the sure music industry yeah. the whole. It's just like a power, like a power,
1: uh... Absolutely.
2: Yeah, power
1: thing. And there's definitely more men than there are women, it seems like, in and those in positions yeah. of power. So maybe at the time it, it seemed like that was, you know, they had to accept it or participate in that in order to go to the next level in their careers. But that's wrong that they had to... You know be in that situation and women shouldn't have to do that they shouldn't have to you know feel like they have to sell themselves or have their bodies being used to be successful because that just sends the wrong the wrong message and takes from their their dignity so we really need to think about all these messages that were um you know not just women, but think about the young women and the girls out there. Think of the messages that you're sending to them, so drop the mic. Yeah. <laughs> um, you don't really have to, I don't think you have to say more than that, pretty yeah. much. But. <laughs> time, to, time to change shit up. Yeah. <laughs> that fan's amazing. <laughs> I know. I can think clearly. I've been clearly. enjoying it very much. Um, but, yeah, hopefully, you know, if he he did truly do all those things and harass, you know, all those women, hopefully, you know, justice will be served. So Yes, indeed. On that thought, um, Alice Cooper's soundtrack of My Life. And so they asked him about different songs and how they factored into his life the first song i remember hearing was maybelline by chuck berry i lived in detroit and my parents were very much into music my dad was a big band guy i remember my uncle coming over and putting a 45 on and it was chuck berry i thought it was the greatest thing i'd ever heard chuck berry was the basis of everything that we do and the greatest lyricist of all time he could tell a story in three minutes that's how i learned to write The first album I bought, The Beach Boys, all summer long. Boys fan. I was a big Beach Boys fan because we listened to Top 40 radio all the time on our little transistor radios. Mm -hmm. And the Top 40 was the king of everything. The Beach Boys were America's Beatles. They could do no wrong. Everything they did was great. Uh, The song I'd wish I'd written. (laughs) Nirvana smells like teen spirit. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Aerosmith's Dude Looks Like a Lady I Should Have Written Smells Like Teen Spirit I Should Have Written Those Were Songs That Were Right Up Alice Cooper's Alley I Didn't Know That There Are Some Songs That Are Just So Good You Sit There And You Go I Could Never Write That But Those Two Were Two That I Really Should (laughs) Have Written I Can't Imagine Okay Alice (laughs) What The Heck Uh The song I can no longer listen to. Roy Orbison, Oh Pretty Woman. How can you not listen to that? It's overplayed. Um, I love Roy Orbison, and then Van Halen had the nerve to do it again. Mm -hmm. It was great when it came out, but it just got overplayed, and Brown Eyed Girl is getting like that, too. I still love those two songs. You turn the radio on, and that song is just on all the time. Uh, The first gig I went to, the Rolling Stones. I'm very proud of this. I went to see the Rolling Stones at this gigantic arena. It was the coolest thing. We didn't know what production was. There was no special lighting then, just white lights. Mm. (laughs) Um, that song the song that changed my life the Beatles, She Loves You it was the first song by the Beatles I ever heard and it literally changed something in my brain it inspired what Alice Cooper became that's interesting and yeah (laughs) okay. (laughs) the song that makes me dance the Rolling Stones again, Brown Sugar and maybe the best dance song of all time (laughs) When we're doing covers and just having fun, we'll go and play a bar. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, when we're doing coke. <laughs> Code for having fun. We'll go and play a bar after a show and be a bar band, and we'd start with that. It gets everyone dancing. The song I want played at my funeral. How great thou art. Oh, man, it oh. would it would have... It would have to be a hymn. It wouldn't be one of my songs. How Great Thou Art is just one of those great hymns, one of those all-time hymns that takes the focus off you and puts it where it should be. I really don't think it would be a rock song. Welcome to my nightmare.
2: I thought he was (laughs) Jewish. Is he? I know, that's... I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe not. What's his actual name?
1: Um god i forgot
2: why well, doesn't matter oh,
1: go god. ahead we'll look at it up. Yeah. i don't think would be appropriate <laughs> but it is his song yeah i'm literally going to <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding Insta- um,
2: instead he wants a hymn
1: he wants a hymn alice cooper's new album paranormal is out now and if you want to find out more go to the enemy.com for more information
2: and his name is Vincent Damon Farnier.
1: Is, what's the last name?
2: Farnier. Farnier.
1: Farnier. Interesting.
2: I did not peg him for Vincent. And a, I must say
1: and he lived and he grew up where in the midwest phoenix oh in phoenix okay and
2: then he moved to detroit yeah oh, detroit okay. yeah so he
1: started in the southwest ended up in detroit in yeah. the 60s or the 50s um that would make sense then yeah that chuck 60s Perry. yeah so that chuck you know the chuck berry the beach boys that kind of makes sense
2: yeah, oh, his father was a preacher of the Church of Jesus Christ. Ah. Uh, tonight headquartered in Mont, Monongahela, Pennsylvania. Okay. I wonder
1: if Val's been there. <laughs> I have to ask her. Val, have you been? There? Okay, so
2: he's super Christian, actually. Um, interesting. Okay.
1: Well, now we know. Now we know. It maybe, maybe, maybe you're some questions. thinking He's very pale. No, I'm hair.
2: confusing him with Gene Simmons. That's what it is. Oh. And I, and I knew that I was, but I was like, well, I'm just going to play it off. But, uh, you caught if I me. had
1: to choose, I would definitely go with Alice Cooper. Yeah. I yeah. can't. <laughs> oh, I just can't
2: and another other news uh, I'm actually going to talk about somebody who's been at the station before and we actually haven't seen him in a while but he's kind of insta-famous at the moment so I have to bring it up because uh, it's kind of amazing uh, Blake Carmiere, um, he used to be in a well he was in a few bands I think he was. and he did a solo project called This Is Weird and or Is This Awkward? This is This Awkward? awkward. Um and then he's also in druggist and in the Gentlewomen women and I don't know what other bands <laughs> stop being in so many bands Blake, um oh, wow. so God that was a while
1: ago
2: it was so long ago but he decided to twist twist tweet uh twisted tweet uh, I guess last night or yesterday actually it was in the morning um. He tweeted at Cheryl Crow. Oh man, Cheryl Crow must be rolling in her grave right now. And tweet, and Cheryl Crow has something to say about that. <laughs> uh, for Grammy Award-winning artist Cheryl Crow, inspiration comes from everywhere, even the most random tweet. This month, Kid Rock announced he was running for Senate, drawing mixed reviews. One Twitter user decided to drag Crow into the debate. Oh man, at Cheryl Crow must be rolling in her grave right now. User Tuna at Tuna Catsup tweeted Friday about Kid Rock's Senate run, and Crow, with a very much alive and promoting her, sorry, Crow, who is very much alive and promoting her latest album, quickly shot back, "Dude, I'm still alive." And so Crow and Kid Rock are no strangers to each other. They recorded the duet's picture, which I knew that. That's where the connection was. Fucking knew that. I was like, I think they just sung together, and that's why he wrote that tweet. Um, 2001 was a long time ago, so. Um, and Collide in 2010. I didn't know they had another one in there. And have toured together in the past in exchange... Oh. To- The exchange drew thousands of likes and retweets, and Crow drew inspiration from it and grabbed her guitar. In the studio today, I saw I'd Be Rolling in My Grave. It inspired me to write a song. Dude, I'm still alive. (laughs) She wrote a tweet accompanied by a video of her performance. Um... If Kid, Rod, if Kid Rock runs for Senate, I wouldn't be surprised, but oh, not over my dead body, because, dude, I'm still alive, her lyrics say. In the song, Crow mentioned a few key players in President Donald Trump's administration. I'm sorry, Jeff Sessions. Seems they're dropping like flies. He croons, or she croons. Sorry, you're a sheet, Please don't hate me. Um, alluding at the firing of FBI Director James Comey, the resignation of White House Press Secretary John, uh, Sean Spicer, and also Friday's news of the firing of the former Chief of Staff Ryan's Previous?
1: I <laughs> remember the fuck that name Prev- was. Previous?
2: Jeebus? Um, but yeah. Ask Jeebus. Um, Rance? Rance? Is it Rance? Rance Previous well that sounds weird Um, anyway (laughs) your name is weird Uh, good thing you got fired so yeah uh, a few more lyrics um, a few more lyrics from the song is uh, dude I'm still alive dude I'm still alive I'm like Gloria Gaynor you know I will survive no matter what's online fake news or lies dude I'm still alive maybe Mr. Ritchie can fix some things for us like making sure Detroit is set and take the electronic tour of us at least the guy's not 90 in his 20, in it's 30-second term. But a poll in the Lincoln bedroom is bound to make some people squirm. You cannot take away from Cheryl Crow that she is quite the poet and instrumentalist. She's a very good guitar player. And that was my news for today. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty Blake, interesting. yeah, kudos to you on being insta famous, man. I mean, I saw oh. cereal gum retweeted, reposted it on Instagram, and now you're famous there. Famous on Facebook. People have been adding you to a really weird list of <laughs> Cheryl Crow haters. I know you're cool though. It's just awkward. <laughs> it's very awkward,
1: but um. Yeah, and he inspired her to write a song about it. Yeah, uh, very good. <laughs> can we get free tickets? Yeah, Blake, if you get
2: if you get to meet Cheryl Crow, can we come? Because we actually do want to see her, and her tickets are way too expensive. Just
1: pretend you still live in San Francisco. I'm no Comet. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio. about where the 5 and the 405 meet. If you know where that is, so hit romantic.
2: Us up. Just kidding, don't hit us up <laughs> <here. laughs>
1: Yeah. something wrong with the timer on this computer. There's something weird going on with this computer, too. It took me a while to turn off the iTunes. Oh. I was like, what the fuck? Maybe these need to be restarted. restarted. Yeah, because after a while, you know how those hard drives roll. Yeah, they not it. They say, fuck you, man Fuck you Well, let's see In the past Wow, it's already 7 o'clock Let's see, we played Sonic Youth You just heard Incinerate from the album Rather Ripped And before that was Forward to Death by None other than the Dead Kennedys From Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables (laughs) And before that was the Undertones from the album Hypnotized, and the song is um, actually a John Peel session. When Saturday comes, <laughs> it's already here. Yeah. And before that was a band called In the Valley Below from their new new EP. It's called the Elephant EP, and the song is called Pink Chateau. And I'm going to be playing an interview with them pretty shortly. And before that was The Smiths with "Back to the Old House," and that's uh, also a John Peel session. And uh, from the Cramps, "Stay Sick" album, "Shortened and Bread." And before that was the Soft Boys, who I never really got into till um, a couple weeks ago, actually. Interesting name. Uh, and. And I believe the lead singer Robin Hitchcock he I think he either lives here or I always see that he's playing a show here he might actually live here but I'm not positive but um, that was from their album Underwater Moonlight and the song's called Positive Vibrations and before that was Ride from their album Tarantula and the song's called Black Night Crash and I think they're going to be playing at Mm -hmm. the film right yeah I kind of want to go to that And before that was another song from the Elephant EP, and the song's uh, self titled Elephant. (laughs) And let's see if we can uh, get the interview up. And I spoke with one of the band members um, a couple weeks back around the time that the EP came out. And stay tuned for more Mutiny Radio. Might be a Delay in the beginning, but stick around.
3: Recording one. July twenty seventh. Recording two. July
0: twenty seventh.
3: Recording three. July
1: If you can see hear many different artists or groups from the seventy seven punk era, to the UK grind and every Friday from four to five. To yep. Awesome. I
3: heard that you're on the road to Buffalo, New York. Is that right? Yeah. And um, how's the weather over there? Pardon? Oh, how's the weather over there? Oh, it's a beautiful, sunny day. (laughs) That's what I like to hear. How are the recent shows going so far? Well, we had one show. So far on the tour yesterday, and it was, uh, it was great. You know, we have to sort of iron out little technical things mm-hmm. in the beginning, but uh, it was a great crowd, and it was actually like a good performance, so that's what we try to do. And tell me a little bit about the new E.T. elephant. Yeah. Um, she came out today, and I'm super excited. We been waiting a while to get some new music out there. Mm -hmm. It's just like a collection of um, five songs that we've written over the past few years kind of sum up us, really. (laughs) (laughs) And how can people find out more about you guys online? What's the best website or social media page? Um, I'd say probably... We use Instagram the most, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, they can use whatever their favorites. We're on all of them, updating, posting things going on. And we have a website mm-hmm. uh, just in the valley com too, and a store and stuff. And you guys are going to be playing August 2nd at the can stop? Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. That's an exciting venue. Have you guys played there before? We have played it before a couple of times—the very beginning of our band's career—and then uh, another time after that. We like it. Mm-hmm. And what can people expect from the live show if they've never seen you before? Well, it's um, it's we, it's sort of um theatrical a little bit. We have a, a, a whole light show that goes along with it. And uh, we play our live shows a little more, I don't know how you say more rock almost than the EP may come across Those guitar solos. Um, we, we like to uh, play our instruments, so we do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we... We treat the shows as sort of a, almost a cer- ceremonial performance of our music. So we like to be intimate and and put on a real show for people. Oh, that's good. And what can people expect in terms of musical styles? Like, who would you compare your style to, or would you say that nobody sounds like you guys? Yeah, I would say that that no one really does sound like this. Um, All of our songs are duets, and so there's a lot of them that we sing to each other about different things, and that's almost like we're having conversations on stage sometimes. It's tense, and sometimes it's almost sexual. And what's your perception of San Francisco um, compared to other cities that you performed in? We love San Francisco because it almost feels like uh, it's its own, almost a different country. It almost has like a European vibe to us. It's kind of up and away from everything. Um, Jeffrey has family that lives there, so it's another oh, fun reason to go. And Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we look forward to having you. And is there anything else that you would like the listening audience to know about you guys? well no I think that's it I mean we're looking forward to coming to San Francisco and um, we hope uh, people will enjoy the show and the new music awesome well thanks so much for taking the time today and they travels in this beautiful state of New York well oh, thank you awesome alright talk to you soon ok thanks ok take care bye bye bye
0: recording
1: it was a short and sweet interview it was very short and um, that was in the valley below and they're going to be playing I think it's the rickshaw stop I'm going to look it up really quick I know it's on August 2nd it's during the week next week so definitely go check them out if you like some of the songs that we played earlier. And um when I was talking to them, they were on the road. Excuse me. They're on the road on the East Coast going to Buffalo, so you know how that goes. Oh yeah. Short, short and sweet is the best way to best way to keep it. Yep, they're playing at uh, as part of pop scene and they're playing with another band called Flagship that I may do an interview with Um, we tried to do an interview the other day but the reception was terrible Um, and they're playing at the Rickshaw Stop this Wednesday August 2nd at 8pm and the tickets are only $15 and DJ Aaron Axelson is going to be on the ones and twos as they used to say (laughs) (laughs) maybe they still say it we say (laughs) and so definitely go if you've never been to the rickshaw stop and you have some free time during the week i definitely recommend checking it out i've been to a couple shows there i think i've seen i've seen a couple bands there over the years not not many i think i've only been there two or three times i went there with johnny once I went to a show with Dean once. Oh, and I saw—I think I remember the first time I was there. I saw a Lady Sovereign. This was back in the day. Oh, wow! Like almost ten years ago, like eight or nine years ago, probably. And she walked. This is when her her mom died, and she she couldn't perform. Like she was trying, but she just couldn't do it. So she walked off stage. That was the one time I'd ever seen I can't an, blame her. seen an artist do that. And people were really pissed off, but right. because nobody knew why she did it. Yeah. They didn't know why she stormed off stage, but she just had a new album out and so it was kind of a big deal. Like, yeah. oh, she's headlining a show at the at the rickshaw. At the rickshaw.
2: So I saw uh, car seat Ted rest there two years ago. Maybe it was last year. But um, I saw them because they were kind of exploding everywhere. Um, and sure enough, I think now they're performing at the Greek. <laughs> so I was very lucky to go see them at the, at the rickshaw when I did because, because there was, they were getting so much momentum at the time and they had already scheduled the show before the momentum happened. That when I saw them, it was just so packed, and everybody was just like in awe, like oh my god. Mm -hmm. And they were just like these college guys, you know. I think they're, I don't think they were out of college too long, and um, they were really cool to see. But um, I don't think I would pay a lot of money to see them again um, nowadays, especially at a theater like the Greek. So. I was pretty lucky, and I, th- I think also Amy Winehouse did pop scene back in the day when she was getting big mm-hmm. ten, uh, 10 years ago. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those hot spots where, because I think I also saw uh, Al J there. Mm-hmm. Uh, at around the same time where they were kind of making it, they were hitting it big, but they had already scheduled a u.s tour their first u.s tour and it was a small spot because they weren't sure you know how many tickets they're going to sell and all of a sudden they're like you know famous and um they're playing big venues now and they're playing yeah they're playing stadiums now so it's definitely one of those uh make it or break it type of venues and uh pop scene is a it's a good little program that they have for these bands and also just, like, people who are underage because it is in all ages, I think. I no, remember that. know it's, like, that. 18 and up, I
1: think. Yeah. Um. I w- that was one of the first outings I did when I moved here was go to pop scene. Because yeah. that's all we could get into, pop scene or <laughs> the X, I think, is still yeah. around. That's more X like a hip-hop X club. Thing. Yeah. I'll go to that. Go to pop scene
2: instead. Yeah. Um, and the other one was called Baby. What's it called? The gay one? Baby. I never went to that. Oh, I don't know what it's called. The Is Bubble it in the Castro? Yeah. Oh. I think it's like an at up club and the Castro. I forgot what it's called. It's like Babyface or some shit like that. <laughs> it's funny. Um, no, I'm not. But yeah, it was definitely... Um, Surprised that they were performing at the Rickshaw, all these big bands, and then all of a sudden like, Wham, next year they're gonna be performing at the Greek. So get your tickets so they're hot. Get the tickets.
1: I do want to go to the Greek one day. Yeah. I've I never thinking, been. I keep thinking I'm gonna get lucky or, you know, be able to afford tickets to go there. But yeah. That hasn't happened. Yeah, it's summer happened for me either. So Yeah, it's
4: one
2: of those venues. At least I went to the Masonic, and that's a new venue, new remodeled. uh,
1: Yeah, it's only been open like a few years, right? Yeah, two years. I think back
2: was the first uh, artist to perform there when it first opened. Right. When their when his uh, morning face came out,
1: yeah, and that was and that was two years ago, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. And then he won a Grammy for that album, actually. And then now he's uh, coming out with Wow, and uh, which is kind of a bigger hit than I think his Morning Face album was. And he's uh, performing again soon, if it hasn't happened already.
1: Yeah, he played at the Fox, and then was he also at the Greek?
2: Uh, no, he was going to be at the Masonic.
1: Oh, okay. Because I think he played at the Fox. Or maybe I'm how, how full of shit. I
2: don't know. <laughs> but,
1: um, I don't keep up with shows anymore, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but you've seen, you have saw him at um, Outside Lands. I saw right? him at
2: Outside Lands, and you've seen him at a, at a uh, festival as well, right?
1: Yeah, I saw him at the last year they did the first city festival. I think that was about three years ago mm-hmm. in Monterey. It was really good. I was really happy to finally see him live, and it was it was fantastic it was really great so if you've never seen them before definitely it's definitely worth it yeah (laughs) and yeah and then outside lens is coming up in about two two weeks time Mm, only i would say a handful of artists are worth seeing this year and fingers fingers crossed i might get to go see the who but not for certain (laughs) Mm. (laughs) and that would be like a a lifelong dream right there but We'll see what happens. Not the end of the world, but Crystal and I have been talking about it and it's like you've you've been pretty much every year the past couple of years. Yeah. And this year it just doesn't add up. It doesn't. And I, I mean
2: I there's some bands that I really love that are gonna be performing there and most of them are performing on Friday, so I could still like squeeze it in if I really wanted to, but um, I don't, I, I, it's not, you know, that I never want to go ever, but I think after last year's experience, mm-hmm. I kind of need a break from it. Um, this year, I think last year we kind of realized we're not meant to be squeezed into the front anymore. We're not meant to be in a tight, hot space where you can barely get any air and fighting with drunk bastards and just having like you know your whole body drenched in other people's sweat and your own sweat and having to hold your piss and your shit and trying not to gag at you know people's o- bo and and it's just it, it's hard you know it's hard to do it every every summer it's fun and it's worth it because you get to see a lot of bands but you did it for you just need a break I did it for Thom and I you know what I think <laughs> because I did it I saw Radiohead <laughs> Last year I feel like I'm okay with not going this year. Like I'm still riding off that high from seeing my favorite band at Outside Lands, which we got pretty fucking close. We were like up, you know, up close Very and close. personal to to my favorite band. And it was just you know, I I I'm okay with not going this year because I'm still amazed by that. I already said that we could like spend I mean, we spent a lot of money, but we saw so many bands we wanted to see. I mean, at least I did. I saw LCD Sound System. Um,
1: I enjoyed seeing Air, actually. Air. Um, now that I think about it. And I remember Tom's, when I first yeah. saw him, and he was kind of just, you know, doing minding his own fucking business, checking out Air. And I was like, oh my god.
2: Yeah. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, Mike Snow was really good. He was
1: pretty good. Um
2: there's some other ones that I can't remember because I'm being yeah we went
1: we saw um, some other bands on the Twin Peaks stage right
2: right oh Grimes <laughs> I saw Grimes. Grimes she was pretty good she was really good I think we missed somebody else I wanted to see because we went to see her um, I can't remember who it was. was it Duran Tom Petty maybe? oh yeah it was Duran Duran um, they would have been
1: cool they were a good live from what I remember. I, saw I heard it was kind of
2: disappointing.
1: Really? Yeah. I mean, I didn't see him at a festival, though. I saw him at a yeah. venue.
2: So, I think if they would have switched the stage and had Grimes in the main stage and had them at, at Twin Peaks, Peaks. would have been a better deal because it was so there crowded. Were, there were a lot of people. Yeah. There are so many people, and I was, I was, you know, lucky enough to get a spot that was near the fence for the sound stage for the sound people and I kind of lean against fence to try to get you know a nice view (laughs) by just sticking my head out and um seeing it from that that angle but it was really uncomfortable so I had to take a few breaks here and there from standing that way um but I don't think I don't think also my body could take that anymore like I think if I were to go this year I will probably try to chill like in the back and look at the screens, Aww. which to me wouldn't be worth I the think money. I'll just
1: <laughs> save up all my energy for the main act on Sunday night. yeah, because <laughs> they're at least going on
2: Sunday, so uh, the who is definitely worth uh spending uh, you know some money for that for yeah. you know to see them so well, because even in one of their regular concerts are like three hundred dollars
1: yeah well hopefully volunteering saturday or sunday and then be able to squeeze them in yeah but i don't i mean we did all that other shit you know walking around um you know going from stage to stage i think i would honestly just want to eat and watch the show at the main stage and then get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> that would be my my shindig. Yeah, because it's definitely
2: more, uh more food festival type thing nowadays. Yeah, there's
1: a lot of food and, like, you know, wine lands and choco lands and all this other fucking lands.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
1: I think it's geared, maybe it's just geared toward a, yo- toward a younger crowd now, which is what I noticed last year as well. Yeah. Um, you know, we're getting old. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I think I think I m- enjoy more the smaller festivals, and there are plenty of those around here to and go And there's around. more
2: popping up. Yeah definitely
1: and they're you know some of them are expensive but some of them aren't some of them are more affordable and you're you know they're not big name Macs. some of them are and some of them aren't (laughs) (laughs) it just depends take it
2: yeah pick and choose you know take from the whole variety of options that you have especially living in this amazing city
1: yes and on that note um, let's get back into a couple more songs shall we yes please
4: So
2: song ever just kidding, it was really good though
1: Yeah, what crazy. did I just listen to? that was Crazy Rhythms by the Feelies and before that was Galaxy 500 from the album On Fire Victory Garden was the title of that song and before that was a new song from Nine Inch Nails from their new album Add Violence and that song called Less Than which I quite like Uh, heard their new stuff surprisingly yeah it came up uh, in this daily mix so I was and I listened to the first you know few seconds of it yeah felt it out like hey is that something that I would play on my show and I was like yeah
2: yeah (laughs) something different
1: (laughs) let's see before that was oh we played My Idea of Fun from uh, uh, the Stooges did an album together called The Weirdness when they were still alive, the original members. And before that was Hold on Tight by In the Valley Below. Uh, We just played a quick interview um, with them to promote the release of their new EP called The Elephant EP. And they're going to be playing a pop scene on August 2nd at the rickshaw stop. So definitely go check them out. Uh, Flagship is going to be opening. And before that was Primal Scream, who I had the opportunity to, opportunity to see about, I think it was about two years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, they played at the Fillmore, but I didn't make it to that show. But I saw them at the Warfield, and they were doing a co-headline tour. Um, that one band, The Cult. Oh, yeah. Like the Screama, Screamadelica Delica. <laughs> 2030-year anniversary? I can't remember if it was the 20th. I think it's the 20th anniversary. Okay. Anniversary. That makes sense, yeah. And then um, the cult were also having a 30th anniversary. Definitely yep. liked uh, Primal Scream more than <laughs> the cult. Because yeah. I felt like, oh, uh, like, Britpop is something I remember, whereas, you know, the cult it was like, that was a different scene. Like, that was kind of a little bit before that. Yeah. That's actually true. So... But, I mean, they were both good. I just enjoyed primal scream more because i kind of had that their music was very much influenced by like 60s you know, lo-fi psychedelic that yeah whole the whole bit so i was definitely digging that and that's higher than the sun from their album Scrimadelica. and before that was cake with Levy Madley. Mm. From their album *Comfort Eagle*, and I've always like want to see Cake.
2: They're always touring. I know. I'm like, like they
1: tour every year. It's 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 gonna happen eventually. So just just stick with it, guys. And they're very political too. I've noticed. They're always they always post something that happened in the news, like with with Trump, more or less. And they're like, okay, let's discuss. Yeah.
2: Every I think Trump
1: brings have. out politics in everybody. Yeah. <laughs> they have to. They're like, let's discuss. And yeah. I'm like, well, at least they're putting it out there. They're not just pretending like nothing's happening. Yeah. But, anyways, support cake. <laughs> <laughs> support cake and eat cake. I know, I know I will eventually.
2: Um, and then I think we're not going to have a show next week. We are not um, Taking a little break. Um, we're both
1: going to be down south, it sounds like south bay
2: down south um yeah so south for the
1: winter oh wait it's not the winter. Sorry. so we will see you guys see you never in um, middle of august i think yeah ideally possibly something august 11th but tbd at this point
2: yeah bear with us guys we're still figuring it out we're still it's a tentative schedule as i call it
1: yep but stay tuned for more mutiny radio
0: concerning the number one narcotics stealer on the Pacific Coast, Arthur Belmont. Next week, the big man, Arthur Belmont. You have just heard Dragnet, a new series of authentic cases from official files technical advice for Dragnet comes from the office of Chief of Police W.A. Wharton, Los Angeles Police Department. Fatima Cigarettes, best of all long cigarettes has brought you Dragnet from Los Angeles. Here, Mr. and Mrs. Ronald Coleman in the Halls of Ivy. Tomorrow evening on NBC.
1: Safe sex is more than just avoiding STDs and pregnancy. No matter what you're into, be sure you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time.
3: This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio.
0: Team of Cigarettes, best of all long cigarettes, brings you Dragnet. You're a detective sergeant. You're assigned to Narcotics Bureau. For seven months, you've been working with federal and state agents in breaking a narcotics ring. You've apprehended the small fry. Next in the line the big man. Your job, get him. If you want a long cigarette, smoke the best of all long cigarettes. Smoke Fatima. Fatima is the long cigarette which contains the finest Turkish and domestic tobaccos, superbly blended to make Fatima extra mild. And that's why Fatima has a much different, much better flavor and aroma than any other long cigarette. That's why Fatima has more than doubled its smokers coast to coast. So, if you want a long cigarette, smoke the best of all long cigarettes. Smoke Fatima. Dragnet, the documented drama of an actual crime. For the next 30 minutes, in cooperation with the Los Angeles Police Department, you will travel step by step on the side of the law through an actual case from official police files. From beginning to end... From Crime to Punishment, Dragnet is the story of your police force in action. It was Wednesday, July 9th. It was warm in Los Angeles. We were working the night watch out of Narcotics Bureau. My partner's Ben Romero. The boss is Thad Brown, Chief of Detectives. My name's Friday. I was on the way into work, and it was 3.58 p.m. when I got to room 24, Narcotics Bureau. Hi, Joe. Feel better? Well, not quite as tired, Ben. That Costello thing was a long haul. Narcotics from Merrill Okay, Beckham I'll tell him Meeting's in five minutes Chief Brown's over Okay, I want to pick up my stuff from the captain first Hi, Skipper Come on in You look a little better Hello, Why hello some rest? Yeah, a couple of good meals That's the trouble with the Flats gang They never know where to eat Sit down, Joe I want to hey, talk to you man. We got a couple of minutes before the meeting You'll probably be getting this all up and down the line That's From here the in I want to let teacher. you know that we, we good? You and all the men in the operation did a fine job. My part wasn't much. You did more than I did. No, oh, we all worked, but you had the dirty end of it. Good job. Here's your equipment. You need it now. Oh, real yeah, thanks. On two, so test on two. Six shells. That's all of them. Mm-hmm. That's it. Thank you. You're back at it. Yep. Here's one for you. Look at this. What's that you got? Mug shot of a girl picked up in a narcotics raid last night a oh, pretty girl long blonde hair beautiful eye she looks young high
4: school girl